Thank you for downloading the latest edition, the latest post-game edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoop Ball. I'm your host, Damian Barling. Again, thank you so much for downloading, streaming, and thank you so much for listening. Hopefully now as the regular season approaches, you are a subscriber. No matter what podcast platform you listen on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whether it's Spotify, Radio.com, iHeart, whatever it is, make sure you're a subscriber, make sure you're around every day. Uh, and make sure you leave a rating and review as well. We'd love to hear from you. Many ways you can connect with us, of course, across all social media platforms, at Damian Barling on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can text the show directly at 916-888-5898. You can even call and leave voicemails there on that same number. Again, 916-888-5898. Your Sacramento Kings win in what was arguably their, their most important preseason game of the season. Obviously, the the uh, overall impact of the trip to India, like that's that's one thing. You come back, you beat a very unmotivated and uninspired Phoenix Suns team. When you looked at the schedule, I think they got a is it a, a an Australian team coming up on Wednesday at the Golden One Center. So when you really looked at the preseason schedule in its totality, it it came across like uh, you know a game in Utah. That could be the one where if you really want to get a feel for what the Sacramento Kings are or perhaps get a feel of what the Sacramento Kings are going to be during the regular season, that's the game that you want to look at. And if it is, you're feeling pretty good about your Sacramento Kings today as they beat the Jazz 128 to 115. A number of storylines that we got to touch on here uh, coming out of this penultimate preseason game. I actually hate that word. I just thought it was a fun time. To utilize it here. Uh, De'Aaron Fox played 19 minutes before leaving the game uh, with a sore lower back. It looked like he aggravated it in the first half. Uh, I was watching the game without any sort of commentary. Uh, so I was just watching him at the uh, like the foul line towards the end of the first half. And he was kind of was kind of rocking back and forth, grimacing a little bit. He started the second half, so I didn't think much of it. But I was like looking at the guy. Gosh, it looks like he... Looks like he might have agitated his back again, but it, he he comes out, he starts the second half, and it's like, oh, okay, no big deal. He, as a matter of fact, he jumped the first pass of the uh, second half, took it off for a breakaway dunk, and then ultimately th- that was the very little bit of action uh, that he saw there in the first half. Bagley, uh, he finished with a double-double. Marvin Bagley the third, he played 30 minutes, uh, finished with 22-11. and 11. Uh, Big struggled all throughout the night. Uh, with fouls, uh, Rashawn Holmes, he was 4 of 4 from the field, 3 of 3 from the line, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 2 steals, and plus 15 before he fouled out with about 9 minutes left in the game. So there's a lot of good uh, to take away uh, from this Sacramento Kings win tonight. A lot of the things that we've been looking at, Sacramento Kings were out-rebounded. Uh, it was a, a, a rebounding differential of minus 5 now. It's 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 difficult. The Kings led really by double digits through the basically the entire game. A lot of those rebounds came very late in the game. The, the Kings were actually uh, plus, I think it was plus four in rebounds leading into the fourth quarter, and actually uh, partial uh, part way through the fourth quarter, uh, they were still leading in rebounds. It's they didn't. They didn't lose the rebound differential until late in the game, and the game had already been decided. There's actually a point I remember. I was thinking it was such a stupid shot by Joe Ingles. He, he took a deep three 
with like nine minutes left. Now, if he had made the three, it would have cut the Kings lead to four. Instead, he misses. The lead stays seven. The Kings get a layup on the other end. It goes to nine. The Jazz commit another foul. The Kings get another basket. Uh, pushes the lead back to 11. That's where Rashawn Holmes fouled out. And that's pretty much the end of the game right there with about nine minutes left. Uh, so that's that's when you start started seeing, you know, you know Gabriel had come in at that point. Uh, I think Guy got a little bit of run the last five minutes. James got a little bit of run the last five minutes. Caleb Swanigan got in. So the game was really decided about four minutes in to, to, the, to the fourth quarter. But this was a really solid effort uh, for the Sacramento Kings from, from beginning to end. Another number that I was watching throughout the game was the assist total uh, as they got to 26. And remember, uh, another number that we have pointed out here on the show that we've talked about through each of the uh, the, the, the first four preseason games is, is the number of three-pointers uh, that they took. Uh, 38. And that's what Luke Walton said. That's what Luke Walton said at the very beginning of preseason. We're looking for about 35 a game. Well, uh, they got to 38. They shot 36% from three. They shot 46% from the field. They were 22 of 29 from the foul line. I love the fact that they're getting to the foul line. And the game got sloppy uh, in the final quarter. Really, the, the, the second half, the game was, it felt like the first half was very crisp. And, and we'll dive into... Uh, you know, the beginning of the game here in just a minute, but it felt crisp. It felt fluid. Uh, the second half was very choppy. It was, wasn't was just uh, the offenses, uh, but it was the officiating as well. But the fact that the Kings got to uh, the foul line 29 times, uh, that's a win. Uh, the Utah Jazz were led uh, by Donovan Mitchell uh, and his 22 points. Uh, Rudy Gobert finished with 17. Uh, so the Kings came out on fire. I mean, they, they scored 37 points. In the first quarter, and you you saw a little bit of everything. Uh, De'Aaron had a breakaway. Buddy was shooting threes. Marvin Bagley was all over the place. They were scaring. Uh, they were carrying the scoring load. We saw Marvin Bagley uh, all over the glass as well. There in that first quarter, we mentioned that he finished with a double double. He had four rebounds uh, in the first quarter alone. So that's that's the good news. They scored thirty seven points. That's the good news. Unfortunately, they gave up thirty eight. The Jazz shot 62.5% from the field, and they hit a buzzer-beating three uh, at the end of the, the the first quarter that gave them that one-point lead. So the Kings, despite the incredible first quarter that they had, trailed 38-37, uh, to 37, headed into the second quarter. And, you know, we've been through this all offseason. We went through this all of last year. You see those quarters. You see those first quarters, and it's rare that they're able to carry it into the second and into the third, and into the fourth. Well, it felt like uh, we saw a run from the Sacramento Kings to start the second quarter. Uh, they built a, a, another double-digit lead at the eight-minute mark. Uh, at that point, the bench was seven of eight from the field. They had 20 of the 53 points at that moment, and Belly was in there. Remember, uh, Nemanja Bialica, he didn't score in the last game. Uh, so this was a this was a nice little get right moment for him uh, as he had eight points today on his uh, three or four shooting. But at at that point in in the second quarter, the bench was seven of eight from the field. They had twenty points, and the bench was it was Belly, it was Rashawn Holmes, it was Yogi, and it was Bogey. And they built up a fifteen point lead. They took a fourteen point lead uh, into the locker room, and that was after Buddy Heald returned the favor. 
uh, and hit a buzzer-beating three of his own. So the two teams go into the locker room, and this is where uh, this is this is where it gets a little murky. Dwayne Dedman, by the way, Dwayne Dedman and Rudy Gobert got into it a little bit uh, right before the half. Uh, Bagley and and Dedman had both taken a couple of shots from Rudy Gobert. Uh, Bagley took one to the face. Uh, Dedman took one to the midsection, and right right as a right before uh, the teams broke for halftime, I think Dwayne Dedman had kind of had enough, and he had said something to. Rudy Gobert, Gobert tried to play it off a little bit, but the two were, uh, the two were definitely in each other's grills. I think Gobert wound up picking up a technical foul there uh, at that point. But uh, all in all, first half of basketball, the Kings had seventy-eight points, seventy-eight points on fifty-three percent from the field, forty-seven uh, percent from three. Uh, they had nineteen three-point attempts in the first half. They had sixteen assists and a plus-three rebounding differential. All sorts of positives offensively for your Sacramento Kings. And remember, this Utah Jazz team is a, is a team that uh, a lot of people think are, are going to compete for, you know, the one, two, and three spots in the Western Conference. You know, they're going to be up there with, with Denver or, or Los Angeles or, or the other Los Angeles or, or perhaps Houston or whoever, the, whoever you think is going to be at the top of the Western Conference. Many people think that the Utah Jazz are going to be right up there with them. And, and don't think this was a game uh, that the Utah Jazz didn't play their guys. They very much did. Donovan Mitchell played 29 minutes. Uh, Mike Conley played 25. Rudy Gobert played 27. Like, their guys got to run. This was a this was very much a dress rehearsal. I don't know what the rest of the, the preseason looks like for the Utah Jazz. I don't imagine. Uh, we saw a lot of Buddy Heald tonight. We saw 28 minutes of Buddy Heald. Uh, we saw a lot of Harrison Barnes. We saw a lot of Marvin Bagley. I don't think we're going to see De'Aaron Fox. I don't know. I, I you know again, I have no update or anything on on De'Aaron other than uh, he he played 19 minutes and uh, James Ham reported uh, midway through the third quarter that he was done for the day. Uh, but I'm going to guess, uh, no matter how he's feeling, he's not going to play on Wednesday at the Golden One Center. And I don't imagine we're going to see a lot of Harrison Barnes, and I don't imagine we're going to see a lot of Marvin Bagley. Now, I've been wrong plenty of times in the past, and I may very well be wrong here. But I think this was the dress rehearsal. I think this was the equivalent of week three in the NFL preseason. I think this is where we were going to get our best look at what the Sacramento Kings may look like headed into the season. We obviously have a, I mean, their starting lineup, they they haven't deviated from their starting lineup at all here during the preseason, and it's pretty much what we all thought it would be. It's it's Marvin Bagley, it's Harrison Barnes, it's Dwayne Dedman, uh, uh, it's De'Aaron Fox, it's Buddy Heald. Dwayne Dedman uh, is getting in on the action. He likes being able to take those threes. He's good for about one per game. I think that's where his average is at. Uh, through the first, uh, through the start of this uh, NBA preseason, he he's good. He'll take about four. That's how many he took tonight. I think that's how many he took against Phoenix, and I think he's good for about one. And he enjoys every time uh, that three pointer drops. But I don't imagine we're going to see much of these guys uh, coming on Wednesday. Uh, we we may see a little bit of them. We may see, and when I say these guys, I mean Buddy, I mean Marvin, I mean Harrison Barnes. Obviously, they're going to have a full week uh, to prepare for the start of the regular season. But offensively, this there had to have been at least a little bit of a question. Could the Sacramento Kings pick up right where they left off with Dave Yeager and be the same team that can get up and down the floor? There was a, you know, there was a there was a moment because once we went into halftime, uh, 
you know, De'Aaron, you know, he picks that play there at the start of the second half, uh, plays a, a couple of minutes and then leaves the game. The, the pace of the game dramatically slowed down. And, and, like, it plummeted. And after scoring 37 in the first, 41 in the second, uh, the Kings were outscored 28 to 23 in the third quarter, and they took a nine-point lead there into the fourth. And it was kind of that moment where it was like, oh, we're doing this again, huh? Because we saw this. We saw this against Indiana. Like, I'm not really interested in watching this again. Like, I'm, I'm good on this. I saw this against the Pacers. Saw it a whole bunch last year. Don't really need to see them uh, drop a big lead, even in preseason, uh, to a Utah Jazz team that that people think very, very highly of. Like, Sacramento Kings need to close this out. And as you know, we laid out a few moments ago, the game was over when Joe Ingles took that three uh, from about three feet behind the three-point line. And uh, that was like a seven-point swing right there with that shot not falling. So offensively, you have to be pleased. If you're a Kings fan, I, I, I would think that you're very happy with, okay, we still got the goods. We still got the goods from last year. And whatever records Buddy Heald set as a Sacramento King last year, he's going to obliterate them this year. And I heard Luke Walton say, oh, I think we can run faster. You know, I think the Kings can actually be faster this year uh, with me than they were last year. And I thought, man, that's... Like, okay, like, I don't, I don't know how much faster you can get, but, like, all right. And there was a moment, uh, for those of you who, who weren't able to watch the game, there was a moment as the f- first half was winding down. Kings got a rebound with about 33 seconds left. De'Aaron got the ball and looked up at the clock, and he took off in an Usain Bolt sprint. I mean, he was flying down the court. The Jazz couldn't do anything. He, he before they knew it, he was going up for a layup, so they just fouled him. Uh, he hit the he hit his free throws, and I looked at that like that that's that's the difference maker. Like nobody in the league has that type of speed. If you if you can find the highlight, and I don't know where this game was recorded, I don't know how the highlights are cut from this game, but if there's any way that it, in if you hadn't seen that play in the final seconds there of the first half, go out of your way to see it because it it encompasses De'Aaron Fox's speed and it encompasses what he can do that makes the Sacramento Kings different than other teams in the NBA that run. So we know that the team is able to run. We know that if nothing else, if we're getting nothing else from this preseason, it's, okay, the Kings can still run. The Kings are still incredibly fast. The Kings can do all of the good that the Kings did last year, they can do again in a little over a week, depending on when you're listening to this, when the NBA regular season starts. However, you walk away from this going, "Ah, okay, it's cool. They scored 37 points in the first quarter. They gave up 38. Now, that was by far the worst. Utah couldn't keep up uh, with that shooting pace. Uh, The Kings ultimately outscored uh, the Jazz 27 to 23 uh, in the final quarter, but still, it's a 128-115 victory for the Sacramento Kings, and you look at it in its totality like, are you comfortable with where the Sacramento Kings defense is? I've never been of the mindset that that defense is something that you can just implement in a training camp, especially with a team that wasn't very good on that side of the ball. You have 
for the most part, the same team. You're, you're, you're obviously you're bringing in Deadman and you're, you're, you're bringing in, you know, Rashawn Holmes and Corey Joseph is there and Trevor Ariza is there. And I, and I understand what those guys roles are, but though they're not, they're not part of the core. Like they're, they're, they're not the, they're not the guys who this team is, is built around their pieces that you expect, or at least you hope to help this team on both sides of the floor. And it's difficult to go, well, Trevor Ariza's out there, Dwayne Dedman's out there. Oh, well, this is the Kings defensive unit. Like, okay, if there is a such thing as the Sacramento Kings defensive unit, that means Corey Joseph is out there and Trevor Ariza is out there. Uh, probably Rashawn Holmes is out there. Maybe Dwayne Dedman is out there. Like, you've, you've got to, you know, Buddy's got to be out there. You've got to have some scoring coming from somewhere with those guys out on the floor. And it, it your pro- point being, you're probably not going to have all three of those guys out there on the floor at the same time in a critical game or critical moments of critical games. And I'm just not of the mindset that you get, oh, well, we're, we're, we're going to start practice with defense. Like, yeah, that's, that's good. You played an entire season without it. Like, it's going to be difficult to implement it. Like, I, you know, it was really difficult uh, to try to implement some defense before getting to India. They looked better when they got back, but... You know, we outlined that in the last show. Just Phoenix is bad, man. Like, they're terrible. This was the most important game for them, in, in my estimation. And they still weren't great defensively. But Utah couldn't keep up with them. So they wound up winning by 13. And I think these games are going to happen a lot. They're going to happen against very good opponents. And they're going to happen against bad opponents. They're just going to be able to outscore some teams. And I think they're going to be able to do it a lot in October and November and maybe into December. And I say that without even the remotest uh, uh, hotness on my take because I saw it all last year. What we need to see is whether the Sacramento Kings can do that in January, February, or March or will the Sacramento Kings uh, be able to adjust their game? Like, if you've been watching the NFL, like if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, the 49ers have won games this year through a multitude of different ways. They've won games with, like, a combination of their defense and a run game. Uh, they've won games with just their run game. They've won games with just their defense. Uh, at some point this year, they're going to win a game because of their quarterback. They might even win a game because of their special teams. They're a very good team who is winning games in a variety of different ways. As Sacramento Kings fans, that's what you're going to want to see the Sacramento Kings be able to do because they're not going to be able to shoot like this. They're not going to be able to put up these amount of points on a night-in and night-out basis. And if they are, they're not going to be able to do it for 82 games. So, unlike last year, can they win more games than lose when the shot's not falling? Can they win more games when the score is in the, you know, mid to high 90s or the low 100s instead of the 120s or the 130s? Can De'Aaron have more games where he makes that defensive stop? I know he had a couple of last year. Can he do that? We saw Marvin Bagley. (laughs) I'll bring up Willie Cauley-Stein's name. I believe we saw Willie Cauley-Stein make key defensive plays at various points uh, through kind of the mid-portion of last season. Can this group of the Sacramento Kings win more games 
like that than lose. Because that, to me, is going to be the difference in making the playoffs and not. Because if they're if 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 just their run game and nothing else, just being able to get up and down the floor is good for let's just say how many games they won last year. Let's just say thirty nine. We'll say that sprinkles in some of the some of the rough shooting nights that they had because they did win a few of those games. They did win a handful of games where the ball wasn't falling for them, and they had to fight out victories. Like they they won a couple of those but they lost a lot more of them. The question headed, in, headed into this, this year is will they be able to win more of those types of games than lose? Because if you're on the plus side of that win-loss category and you're still able to run, this is a mid-40 wins team. This is a 45-win team. 44, 45, 46, somewhere around there. I think that'll be good enough. To, I don't I don't know if that'll be good enough to make the playoffs. I think it will be, but I don't know. Last year it was 48, 49. It was was it Oklahoma City? I don't I don't even remember anymore. But it was a lot. It was San Antonio, I think. But you get where I'm going. Lots of positives from tonight's game against Utah. Lots of positives. I, I don't even know how to apart the negative like I, I don't even know how to pick apart their defense because I don't know what Luke Walton is telling them to do like we can't say oh the Kings aren't playing well defensively they gave up 38 points in the first quarter because we don't know what Luke Walton is telling them we're not privy to those conversations we know what he's telling us he's telling us like defense and we're opening practice with defense and we're doing this and we're doing that it's like okay what are you telling them because if you're telling them hey get out there and run them in the first quarter, and then we'll settle down from there. Like, let's take advantage of the time that we are at their fastest. Like, every game so far, even in, in the, the, you know, the, the, the two games that they lost in India, they, second out of a back-to-back, same thing. They were able to get out and, well, not so much in that game, but they were able to get out and run there in that first quarter. They were able to get out and get up a lot of points there in that first quarter. The game against Phoenix, I mean, the, the, the first game against the Pacers was super high scoring. The second game was just a, a throwaway. Phoenix was just a, a mess, and everything that happened after the first quarter felt kind of irrelevant. And then we saw what they, the Kings were able to do tonight. They were able to put up 31. Amazingly, they put up more points in the second quarter. So they were able to get out there and, and, and take advantage of those fresh legs, take advantage of that movement. I mean, they did a fantastic job. I don't know what Luke Walton is telling them to do defensively. So it's hard to criticize them and say, well, they got to do this. They got to do that. Because maybe that's not the plan. Maybe the plan is, hey, let's get out there and run. Let's get out there and put up our points. Let's get out there and get up our threes. We're going to make more than we miss. Then let's start playing some defense. Then when they're frustrated, let's see if we can slow the game down. Because any team that tries to keep pace with the Sacramento Kings is probably going to fail. There aren't very many teams that are going to be able to keep up with them. The Kings are uniquely fast, and that's because of De'Aaron Fox. They're going to, there's plenty of teams in the league that are going to be able to run and put up threes. Like Teams are going to love that. Houston's going to love that. There's a number of teams that are going to love that. But will they be able to adjust? Will they let their ego get the best of them? San Antonio's successful because their ego never gets the best of them. The old Phoenix Suns teams that used to run on them, Pop just used to laugh at, like, 
Go ahead. Run all you want. Run all you want during the 82 games because when the playoffs get here, you're not going to be able to. Or if we're in a close game here, once we get to the fourth quarter, all of that, all of that seven seconds or less, of that ain't going to work. And it never did. It never did. And the Spurs never fell for it. The Clippers, same way. The Clippers are capable of scoring a ton of points. They don't fall for it. Doc Rivers doesn't fall for it. Let them do their thing. That's, that's part of the reason. Like, look at the Clippers and Kings games last year. It's a perfect example. Every single game, the Clippers absolutely humiliated the Sacramento Kings. They just don't fall for that. The Kings are going to have to be able to adjust in-game and play multiple styles. They've got to do what the San Francisco 49ers have done through their young NFL season. They're going to have to win games in a variety of ways. So far, we've seen them win with their offense. You can give them credit defensively against Phoenix if you want to, and, and maybe I'm not giving them enough credit defensively. I just think I just think Phoenix is terrible. That doesn't diminish the Kings' win. It's just I look at that more like, ugh, Phoenix is really bad. There's 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 nothing you could do to to convince me that that was a a, a high profile victory for them or a high level victory for them because they're so damn bad. But they did their job, and you do your job whether the team you're playing is good or bad. And that's part of being a playoff team. Part of being a playoff team, because remember, the Sacramento Kings lost to Phoenix last year. They Not only did they lose to Phoenix, they blew a lead against Phoenix. At one point, that was considered, and maybe it still is, that was considered the worst loss of the season. But this was a very, very positive step for the Sacramento Kings a great, great game against a team that many people have at the very, very top of the Western Conference. Again, the Sacramento Kings win 128-115 to in Utah. As we mentioned, uh, they're coming home. They're going to play one more game against United at the Golden 1 Center. Uh, and that'll wrap up the 2019 preseason campaign. will be just a week away from NBA regular season basketball. Got a couple of more episodes. Of course, we'll drop a post-game episode for the game on Wednesday. Aaron Bruski is going to join me here uh, sometime this week, so make sure you subscribe if you have a couple of seconds. I know a lot of you are listening on Apple Podcast. If you could just hit that five stars, if you think we're worth it, man, that would be awesome. Those five-star ratings go a very, very long way if you want to leave uh, a sentence or two review that takes an extra 60 or 90 seconds. Uh, the rating literally takes a split second. Uh, it's quicker than you can close your phone. Just hit that five stars. We would greatly appreciate it. If you're listening on Google Play, uh, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, all that, make sure you subscribe. We never want to miss. We never want you to miss uh, a single episode. So tell all your friends here. Uh, about the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball. Again, you want to share your thoughts? We got a 24-7 text line here, fan line for you, voicemail line for you. 916-888-5898. Again, that is 916-888-5898. If you're into daily sports talk outside the realm of the Sacramento Kings, check out the podcast with Damian Barling on these very same podcast platforms. We will see you next time here on the Sacramento Kings podcast.